Can you hear me okay? You're a little quiet. Can you hear me okay? That's a little bit. Let me move closer. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you okay now. No, that's that's where it is. I'm loud enough. I'd probably be in the next room and still be picking me up. You can be down the street and we would pick you up. <laughs> that's how loud you are. <laughs> I'm cutting this part. Dinosaurs, everybody. Welcome to the Mary and Tom show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. It sure is. So we just released a new game. Our first new game in a while. Yeah, Antony and Cleopatra. Uh, we actually sold quite a few copies before we started taking orders because uh, our partner in Europe, Second Chance Games, uh, ordered some copies. And uh, we actually had quite a few orders that way. And it seems, we were talking about this the other day, Mary, that... Uh, That's me. That is you. That there are some topics that there is more appeal for uh, in Europe than there is in the States. Now, we still sell copies in the States, still sell quite a few copies, but it seems like uh, the UK and Europe, uh, certain topics do better over there that don't necessarily do as well here. And I'm sure vice versa, too. I don't think we saw a whole lot of American Civil War games. Yeah, I don't think those are giant sellers over there. But the stuff having to do with the continent, you know, and, and, and the UK seem to... People well, have. yeah, the UK in particular, and Roman games, World War One, World War Two. Yeah, I think the Roman stuff sells well because, as as we all know, the Romans had British accents. Yes. So I'm thinking that's part of it. Yes, there are a lot of documentaries that yeah. prove that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how those Romans look a lot like British actors. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. So yeah, so we got Anthony and Cleopatra out into the world, and hopefully people will enjoy it. I know I do. It's probably my favorite of the games John has done for us. And uh, you know. I actually enjoyed doing the um, the pack. Well, there's a lot of stuff for you to. It it, it made me think. Uh, I mean, I really had to work on that one. Yeah, it didn't seem like you were enjoying it while you were doing it, but uh, no, I I actually was. Okay. Wow. Glad. Well, just be, because of how much... It was very frustrating, but it, it was enjoyable. It was, okay. it was challenging. So last episode, we answered a bunch of questions from people. And uh, we actually got a question that came in after we had recorded. Jesse Pitsley asks, Has your view of ideal game duration changed over the years? As a publisher, do you find yourselves leaning toward designers that send games of a certain duration? Does player count influence your view of ideal duration? I mean, most of our games are fairly short, and that's that's a consequence of us uh, having to, you know, play test and develop the games, and do that in a space that is occupied by cats. Um, so the, ta- the game can't be on the table for too long. It can't take up too much space because uh, after a while the cat gets on the table. I mean, certainly there are games that feel too long and games that feel too short. So I guess it's finding the the right length for, for that experience. I think I am more forgiving of a longer game uh, than you are necessarily. Does it take over half an hour? <laughs> Because if it takes over half an hour, uh, I probably won't play it. <laughs> no, I, I play stuff that's over half an hour. I don't like stuff that takes a long time. Like, you'll disappear out in the garage during the summer. I won't see you for hours. And there'll be one and, turn. <laughs> yeah, and it's one turn. Or half a turn. You know, sometimes I'll go play games with uh, 
some friends and yeah after six or seven hours or eight hours he comes home and says how many games did you play two two <laughs> it, just, it just drives you nuts it, yeah, well if I'm going someplace to play games for eight hours mm-hmm. I want to play at least four games five or six would be better as far as leaning towards designers that send games of a certain duration, I mean, most of the games that have been submitted to us have been shorter games, and the ones that have been longer games have been, like, way too long. Like, here's a game that takes 20 hours. Well, 20 hours is a lot of time. But a lot of times, there's more to it than just that it took a long time. Well, and they yeah. have a lot of um, bits, a lot of cards, or, um, you know, there's something about it that just doesn't fit our just doesn't fit our model and I, I hate to say no to people but me too but we, we have our shtick and we stick to it because otherwise and we stick to it yeah we stick to it because <laughs> uh, otherwise you know if we release a game that has a lot of components it's going to cost a lot mm-hmm. a lot more you know exponentially more you don't have those economies of scale working for us if it's going to cost us a certain amount and we have to sell it for ninety dollars People aren't going to buy it, especially if it's more like some of the smaller games that are only going for 40 or 45 People who are going to actually purchase a $90 game, they want something more like Horse and Musket. And even then, with Horse and Musket, which was, I think, 85 a lot of people yeah. still felt that price was too high. Yeah. But, you know, people are like, oh, you guys should sell that for 50 Well, $50 is, is less than what it costs to produce it. So, it, you know, that that's not going to happen. It's just that's the way it is. And we're stuck, to a degree, we're stuck in, in a certain box. Now, the box is not as small as it appears at first. I know there are publishers who, you know, very strictly, you have 88 counters. And you have an 11 by 17 map. And you have eight pages of rules. And that is the hard limit. Um, you know, and me coming from a background of doing some magazine games, working in a magazine format, I'm very familiar with those limits. And after a while, that's going to get very constricting. You can do great stuff with within that format, but it's nice that we can do a little bit more. We can do a bit more counters, do larger maps, do different things at different times. But the more that we do, the more it's going to cost. And the more we have to question, are we the right choice for that game? Are we the ones that are able to sell that game to people? I'd rather people find um, a home for the game that can handle the number of components that some of them have had. Oh, and we also have the problem sometimes people send us games with too few components. I know that's, that sounds like a silly thing, but there is kind of a, a bottom ceiling, a floor on how we can price our games. You know, some minimum costs that are built in to, to, to doing a, a, a game in a box. And... If the box is 90% air, you know, that game's not going to sell. Well, I know I would feel bad if I got a box with a <laughs> a map and one page of rules and five counters. Yeah. I, I would I would be a bit upset, so I can understand other people <laughs> also being um, let well, down with that. Well, you used to, uh, in the store, you used to, to subject games to, like, a weight test. Oh, I still do. Well... <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> when we were at RAW the other day, I was weighing games. It's like this is not worth one hundred and twenty dollars. I think triple digit price tags. I, I get it, and some games I definitely understand it. I can't imagine us ever wanting to do a game with a triple digit price tag. I mean, with Horse and Musket, the way we priced it, 
it, and it, I mean, we we have some profit on it, but to a degree, it's really a loss leader for the other games in the series. Because if we were to price that in a way where we would make a respectable profit, it would have a triple-digit price tag. So we're kind of intentionally undercutting ourselves in order to give the game, in order to put the game out at a price point where it can do well, where we can get people to buy into the system and then buy into the expansions, which is where we actually make some money. Some money. Yeah. We kind of got off from the duration thing there. Um, so, I mean, but I would say generally when people say those games are too long, usually, like you said, they're also too big, too complicated, too many components. Uh, you know, here, here's a 70-page rule book. I wonder sometimes if the people who send us these games are too big really know much about us at all. I mean, if they have, they do know about us. They've seen our rule books. They know they're, they're 8 pages, 12 pages, I mean, sometimes 16 or 20. But that's, that's like top limit. So... 28. I do these books, Tom. Well, you, well, I, I know the page count. 28, okay. So, but the sentence is something that's like, you know, here's a 40-page rule book, here's a 40-page playbook. Like, it really misunderstands what we're about and what we can do. Um, that's true. But, you know, people are, people really want their game out there. I, I mean, I understand them wanting to, to see their name in print and get their game out there. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've been there just we can't handle all those games and there are other companies that are much better at the bigger games than we are you know we also get designer submissions where i mean i think they see this as a game that's going to win the spiel the jars or something and you know if hollenspiel publishes a game it's not going to win the spiel the jars it's not going to be in stores in germany it's not going to have a big audience we have a small but growing audience, but we're never going to have the same audience as a larger publisher. We're never going to have that kind of reach. We'll finish answering these duration questions eventually. Uh, this is kind of a meta-commentary on the concept of duration, right? Because we just keep going further and further away from the topic. I will say that in practical terms, a game that is shorter is much easier to test. It's much easier to get on the table. Well, you yeah, know? that's very important, too, because we have a lot of stuff we're doing. So if if we can get it on the table quickly and, you know, after a playtest or two or three, it's looking good, it's feeling good, it feels like a Holland Spiel game, then... Uh, then we can say yes. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we'll say yes. And then as far as the testing cycle goes, you know, if, if I have a 20-minute game, I can test that, you know, five times in two hours. If I have a three-hour game, I'm not done testing it in two hours. You know, when we release a game, you know, it... Kind of on pins and needles, waiting for people to play it and see how people respond to it. And the thing is, a lot of games take a while for people to actually get on the table. They get the game, they read the rule book, and it might be a few days or a few weeks before we see stuff online that people are actually playing it. And that's usually the experience, and it's, it's kind of nerve wracking sometimes. And then when Table Battles came out, immediately people were playing the game, and immediately that built buzz, and that made it easier to sell the game to more people. Doesn't so, take very long, though. And that's, that's exactly it, because it's, it's such a short game. And so games that are short and easier to table, they're more likely to get that kind of momentum going about them. We live on that momentum. We publish some longer games, though. They are harder to table. Um, Dynasty, which is a, a great game, 
a great multiplayer game uh, set in China uh, that Richard Berg did. With a fantastic map by Anya Ziakowska. We miss you, Anya. Boy, do we uh, ever. You know, that's that's a three-hour game for three to four players. So you need to get people together. You need to be willing to play a three-hour game. And it's a game. It's a Richard Bird game, so so there's a lot of fun, random events and, and craziness going on. You need to be in for that kind of game with that duration. And sometimes it's a hard ask for people. It's worth it, but it really is hard at three, four hours. Your first game, it's going to take over three hours. You know, but we, you, you'll be spending three or four hours looking at a really great map. This is true. Yeah. And having fun with your friends. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that we we aren't going to publish longer games because we do sometimes, uh, not exceptionally longer. You know. And the other question was, uh, does player count influence your view of ideal duration? I, th- I think the big issue with player count and duration, I mean, I would say probably has more to do with how much downtime there is. Now, when we did uh, some of the early tests for Westphalia, we had the six players taking turns in sequence. Uh, so that's negotiation and your um, military phase and what we found, even though negotiation was allowed between all players at all times during that, is that when it was my, you know, my turn, no one wanted to negotiate with each other. They wanted to negotiate with me. Mm-hmm. And when it was your turn. Oh, no. Well. Yeah, every time it was my turn, other people wanted to do. See, Spain did not have enough to do except try and get rid of all that debt. Yeah. That which, that, which that is, first which, time. Which is what has been fixed. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but the point I was making, though, is that... You had a point? <laughs> is that there were six players at the table, and there were players who, because they weren't involved in the negotiations when it wasn't their turn, they sat there for a long time waiting for their turn to come around. Yep. Now, the game now is about the same length as it was then, but negotiations are handled in a simultaneous phase, and then the military actions are much quicker, chop, 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 chop. And so... Even though it's the same duration of game, there's far less downtime, and it moves at a more enjoyable pace. So really, it's the downtime more than the actual minute-by-minute duration. I think that's important there. I'm sorry, what did you say? I was waiting for my turn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, solo games uh, also, you can get away with a longer game. I mean, you don't want to bore people. You you don't don't want it to be too long. But... uh, they're not worried about another person getting bored. They're they're the ones playing the game, concentrating on the game. So that's why something like Charlemagne can be longer as a solo game than necessarily it would be if it was some kind of two-player game, I think. So uh, thank you, Jesse, for your question. I hope we answered it at some point uh, in there. Um, we answered something. We answered something. Yeah. Dinosaurs, everybody. <laughs>